Abysses, a.k.a. responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours, too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember to put on your critical thinking cap when listening to this podcast or any other so-called podcast. Episode 110, and it is a star-studded, extra-special episode. And we have a special guest on tonight. Mandisa Thomas is the founder and president of the Black Nonbelievers, which is a local group, but also I think she's expanded to a few other cities, and she can explain that a little bit in a second. She's been on uh, many different media appearances, including CBS Morning News, CNN, Playboy, The Humanist, Jet Magazines. She's a certified humanist celebrant, and she's a speaker at this weekend's atheist event in Florida, and then she's going to be in Atlanta. Well, she lives here, so of course she'll be here. The uh, Atlanta Atheist Convention in April. So welcome to the American show. Atheist yes. Convention. Oh, yes. It's, not, not, it's everybody coming here. <laughs> the big one, not just our group. Right. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be on your podcast, finally. I know we've known yeah. each other for a while now, but this is my it first It only took four years. years. Right. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, Mindy, so I gave kind of a short introduction, but you have so many things going on. If you wouldn't mind just kind of expanding a little bit about your, your background and what you're up to. and Absolutely. So for those who aren't familiar with me, which there, I'm sure there are some people who still are, or aren't rather, um, I'm Mandisa Thomas and I am the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers, which is headquartered in the Atlanta, Georgia area. I am originally a New York City native, but I have lived in Georgia now for over half my life. So um, I guess I could be considered a Georgia peach, but um, I still call New York City my home. Um, Black Nonbelievers has uh, been in existence now for 11 years. We started in 2011. Uh, we started locally uh, as Black Nonbelievers of Atlanta, and the mission was to um, build a, a stronger community and support system for black folks who are atheist, uh, agnostic, questioning religion in favor of leaving because there was still a representation problem with uh, within the secular movement and within the local um, you know, Atlanta area. So one of the things that we wanted to do was to establish this group where we, um, you know, where we discussed, uh, you know, things related to 
our lives as non-believers in a black community, but we also wanted to um, establish working relationships and uh, working uh, connections with other area groups, you know, with the, with the other groups in the area too. And so we've been doing that uh, for, again, 11 years. Uh, we have expanded to uh, multiple cities. We have affiliates in the New York City area, my hometown, in Washington, D.C., uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Portland, Oregon, just to name a few. So, um, and, and I also serve on the boards for American Atheists, the American Humanist Association, and Humanist Global Charity. Uh, so I have been pretty, pretty busy. <laughs> and uh, yes. I, uh, in addition to uh, just uh, speaking across the country and uh, advocating on behalf of black non-believers and also the secular community as a whole, uh, we have also uh, co-sponsored a scholarship with the Secular Student Alliance. Uh, it's the Hurston Scholarship, which was named after Zora Neale Hurston. We've actually launched a new program along with uh, My Choice, My Power Counseling for uh, called Religious Trauma Group Coaching. And I also volunteer with Recovering From Religion. I am one of the facilitators. So yes, I have been uh, kind of all over the place. And I, you can also uh, find me guest uh, guesting on certain shows. Sometimes you'll see me on the Atheist Experience. Uh, sometimes you'll see me on the Line Sunday Show. And usually, I don't say no to any other appearances. So <laughs> this is where <laughs> here I am. <laughs> you said you yes go. to us. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Eleven years is a is a long time for for any organization, which is tremendous. Where has your group gone in that 11 years? Like, how has it evolved? And did it go according to the way you thought it would go? Or did it veer off in other directions at, at any point in the 11 years? Honestly, I thought that we were just going to remain local to the Atlanta area. Because at the time that we got started, there were other black atheist organizations there was Black Atheists of America, which was based in New York City. Uh, you had African Americans for Humanism, which was a program of the Center for Inquiry, which is based out of Buffalo and they also Buffalo, New York. And they also had uh, a group in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, you have Black Skeptics, Los Angeles. And so there were a number of thriving groups. So we didn't really feel a need to establish anything nationally at the time. But I will say, though, that we were one of the few black groups that were actively meeting in person. And that was something that we established from the onset was that we were building in-person community and support. Now, where I didn't expect for it to grow as much as it did was when we started receiving inquiries for, you know, interviews. We, we were receiving interview requests. Um, we kind of got thrust in the spotlight with a rival group at our inception a few months after we got started. You know, there was a little controversy surrounding that. That was a local group here in Atlanta, too, right? Yes, yes, it was. I remember that because there was some confusion as far as who was who. And I, I remember the first time I Googled you, I was like, 
not not a big fan of what was coming. To honestly, be what was coming up because it was there was some blurred lines between the two groups. Right, and it was it was good to see that 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 finally got straightened out. Right, so of course that entity no longer exists. <laughs> you know, so go figure. Um, right, so <laughs> what we. Um, what I what we really wanted to do was to again establish working and uh, coalitions with other organizations. So this is why we started participating with other organizations. Like we started attending the conference or the conventions for American atheists and um, other you know other organizations. So we really wanted to establish those working and partnerships. And uh, in doing so, we uh, had the opportunity to be featured in a number of, um, you know, a number of initiatives. Uh, in 2012, African Americans for Humanism launched a billboard campaign, which showed the historical black freethinkers, humanists, etc., alongside current black humanist leaders, freethinkers, etc. Oh, nice. So I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. that post. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. in that time, we had also started producing our own larger events, which featured more um, uh, black atheist content, uh, activist speakers, and et cetera. So we had the opportunity to, again, have been featured in a number of media outlets. Jeff mentioned a few of them. Uh, CBS Sunday Morning, uh, CNN. Yeah, I remember that one. That was a good one. Uh, Playboy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we've been featured in National Geographic, uh, just in a number. I think we were also in a Vice uh an advice article as well. So there have been a number of, um, of features to that, to our credit now. And I think being, uh, being given the opportunity to, and, and working with, you know, student projects and having being interviewed by them, it really helped to put a face on, it put a, it put a face to who we were. Which also led to us uh, back in 2013, Atlanta Interfaith Broadcasting, that network reached out to us for a short, uh, for a like a 30 minute segment that they did um, about atheists in the Bible Belt. And I will tell you that they told us that we were the only organization or the only group that got back to them. So that wow. resulted, and the producers were atheists, by the way. So that was, oh, wow. that cool. was awesome. <laughs> and it turned into this really, really awesome segment where we were interviewed. And I will say that at the time, um, when we first got started and we were asked to, to be interviewed, um, there, were our, so there were members who were hesitant. You know, they weren't sure how it was going to go over with their family members, friends. But two years later... You know, we couldn't, uh, you know, there was people volunteering like uh, left and right. So it was, you know, it was the, um, you know, the, the you know, the consistency of what we've been doing that really gave that that really gave people that encouragement to start speaking up more. So I uh, it, it really did. I really did not expect it to really get as big as it, it did but you know I mean I'm glad we did it's, it's been a lot of work <laughs> it's been, a lot, yeah, of, been yeah. a lot of work involved been some frustrations involved but knowing that we are um, getting across to people and they are becoming inspired at least to uh, be open and out with their non-belief it really it really um, confirms that we were headed in the right direction. I don't know if you are the hardest uh, working person in atheism 
but uh, you're not a four second yard. Yeah. <laughs> I, all, all I see on your posts is I'm going here and I'm going there and I'm doing it. You're all, it's like almost every weekend, if, if not <laughs> every weekend, you're somewhere doing something. Yes. Yeah, this weekend you're in Orlando, is it? For- yes, I will be speaking at the uh, Free Flow Conference, which is the Free Thought Florida Conference, and uh, which is put on by in part by the Florida Humanist Association, which is a chapter of the American Humanist Association. And yeah. um, I tell you, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't envision this either because when I got involved in the community and the movement. There were other prominent black atheist speakers, um, for example, Sakivu Hutchinson, who is with Black Skeptics Los Angeles, was already uh, prominent at the time. Uh, you also had Ayanna Watson with Black Atheists of America, Debbie Goddard, who at the time was the director for African Americans for Humanism. Uh, so there were others that I just I just remember wanting to lend my hand to this movement. Sure, it was in a unique way, but, um, you know, I, I just, nevertheless, uh, you couldn't have told me a few years ago that when people Googled black atheists, that my name would come up. So Mm, I just, like at the top of the list, right? right. you couldn't have told me that, um, like 10 years ago. (laughs) You just mentioned quote the movement. Mm -hmm. How would you characterize it? Because I think if you ask, and this is probably true for just about any topic, but if you ask 10 atheists, you're going to get 10 probably very different, but yet strongly held opinions. Mm -hmm. Sure. So where do you think the quote movement is, or are there several different ones, depending on what circles you reside in? Well, the secular movement is made up. It is comprised of different entities and, and varied entities. So you have your national organizations like black nonbelievers, like American atheists, the American humanist association and our organizations do have, we are very multifunctional. Some focus more on state church separation. Others focus on, excuse me, overcoming religion, building community and advocacy. And then you also have your podcasters like yourselves and, and others you Doing also have, yeah, you have your <laughs> local groups, uh, you have, uh, and then, so, and then you also have, uh, you know, the YouTubers, um, so there is... And then you have play people like Jeff that just start local groups that just give somebody a safe place absolutely, to land, yes. you know, and ha- have a beer on, on a Tuesday right. and, and talk to like-minded individuals. Right, you know? so a person who has been involved in the movement long enough will know that, again, there are multiple entities and multiple moving parts. It is not just simply one, um, you know, homogenous or homogenous movement. So mm-hmm. um, it is, and you would get diff- very different answers, and they wouldn't all be wrong. <laughs> you know? Now, some <laughs> of them may not have as broad of a scope as we know it to be, or at least I know it to be, because I tend to hit almost every part of the movement, and I have. So um, there are people who may not know the the extent of the work that the national organizations do. And uh, and we are trying to make sure that there is some cohesion there, that we are hitting, you know, the, you know, the podcasters and the YouTubers. And, and so that, you know, the con, you know, the, that the work is, um, you know, being made well known on different platforms. So um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's bigger than people realize 
you know, it, we, we still consider ourselves small. And of course, you know, to an extent that's true, but it is still pretty big. And so I think that, you know, there are, again, so many moving parts to what we consider a movement. And most of our missions tend to align for the most part, because what we're doing is trying to amplify the voices of the non-religious. So I can definitely say that for sure. Now, now, one outlier there that I'm not sure how familiar you are with is the Atheist for Liberty group. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so familiar. you do know them. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, she had the same facial reaction that, that we all that did. That we usually we have, learned yeah. about them. <laughs> but, I mean, to me, that is kind of a bizarre thing. I guess, you know, atheism, you can define that, you know, just in a lack of a belief in a God. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, really the hard, uh, you know, description of it. But it just kind of surprised me that there were atheists that were also not humanists. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, even though I know uh, some of them will claim that they're humanists, if you're aligning with the Republican Party, the authoritarianism party, you're not a humanist by any stretch. Did y'all see uh, Peter Bogosian tweeted out? He was basically asking, are there going to be any bigots or racists going to be speaking at the American Atheist Convention? He, he was asking, he, he, he put it a different way, but he, like from an alternative point of view, like, no, no. We're- and you know what, what's interesting is that I've seen some back and forth because my name, I was, you know, on my, on my Twitter, I was uh, tagged in responses. And I just, I just, I, I usually tend to take a backseat to Twitter beef. Yeah, because I'm just looking, I'm looking at who's talking. I'm looking at why I got involved in the movement. It was to help build community, but also because the question of diversity and inclusion always comes up. And when you see people who talk like this, you wonder why groups like that only tend to skew to a certain demographic. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. when, when they scoff at things like racial justice and just automatically call it, well, you're just being woke or, you know, right. we're, we're bigots for talking about these things. And what are you um, going to cancel me? Right. That's yeah. Their other right. One. Yeah. yeah. And um, they are really exhibiting some harmful behaviors that really do prevent people of color from participating of the women from participating. And, but I think what's happening now is that not, not that I think, what I know is happening now is that more women, more people of color are speaking up. We are bringing our issues to the table. It has been realized that even though we are atheists, there are issues that beyond simply our atheist identity that impact not just us, but our overall communities. And we as atheists do have, uh, you know, we can, we should be speaking up on those. You know, we, we should, there are, you know, the, and, and because we impart a, a you know, an evidence-based, um, you know, practice, evidence-based practices, you know, th- this goes beyond religion and we must, we have to, you know, people need to understand how state church separation impacts things like racial justice, you know, environmental justice, economic justice. And we Bodily should be autonomy. To, yes, absolutely. All of those things. So, um, you know, we should, if we can, be speaking up on that. And it just goes beyond what it means to just, you know, simply, you know, just challenge the church. It goes deeper than that. And for yeah. other and for other communities like the black communities, it definitely goes deeper. And for 
some of those folks to to say, you know, it, you know, to for them to feel like, well, we are attacking them because we say that there are there are aspects of white supremacy that are impacting our movement and that there are improvements that need to be made all of a sudden. Wow, that's an attack. You know, that's, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I look yeah. at that and I see organizations like American Atheists responding. You know, they are getting on, they're listening to us. You know, they are listening to the, you know, to the people who are talking. And so they are, they are adjusting their, their conventions accordingly. Yeah. And so, of course, there's always going to be pushback to that. And, you know, you, you have people who just love to use the online platforms, you know, either to troll or to just kind of, you know, do that shock value thing. And, you know, of course, that that does get people up in arms. But what it also does, when once you type that stuff, you know, that can screenshots can live forever, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and all they're doing is making our case as to. If we are going to be a more inclusive movement, why some people need to be excluded if that, yeah. you know, if that's going to if that's going to be the case. We need to have a big tent, but there still needs to be a velvet rope around it. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, we can shove some people out. Yeah. yeah. So one, one of the things I was going to toss out is, you know, so I've been an atheist. I trying to remember the years now, you know, at least seven, eight years, something like that, maybe more. I remember when I first started going to some of the atheist type conventions, they were largely white male speakers, maybe a few women tossed in, maybe a few people of color tossed in. They have the same problem this podcast has, just a bunch of old white dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then I went uh, to the American Humanist Convention in Denver a few years back, much more diverse. Mm -hmm. And I was happy to see, you know, the list of speakers for the American Atheist Convention here in Atlanta seems to be a pretty diverse Mm -hmm. group. Too. So it seems like they are listening, like you say, to include more voice, more voices, to get more diverse. So, do you know what some of the topics from the speaker? Well, you can you can say what you're going to talk about if you want. But I mean, do you know what some of the uh, what the like the focus of this convention is? Um, well, of course, I'm excited that this year it is going to be in the A. <laughs> in yeah. So I hope I see all of you there. It's going to be great. They have a they have a special rate for local um, attendees. But I, I, in particular, will be speaking on ways that we are upholding white supremacy without knowing it. So, nice. um, yeah, and in my 11 years in this movement, this isn't just for white folks. It's also for people of color. So um, we, we have to understand how ingrained this might be for us and we don't realize it. I think some folks, of course, are going to be talking about uh, trans issues, uh, women's issues, of course, the, you know, the court cases of uh, things that are going on, of course, the atheist identity. Um, and and I, one thing I love, the, the American Atheist Conventions really are a lot of fun. So you have Matt Dillahunty, who's going to be doing his magic show. Um, you know, there's going to be like trivia. There's going to be all of these different um, things going on that people can participate in. And I also think there are going to be affinity groups like um, for people of color, for students and and um, and the like. So there's always a good variety there that I think is uh, amazing. And um, it only makes it better that um, American Atheists in particular is diversifying their speaker lineup. 
you know, I think, of course, that is always a great thing. So um, I am definitely looking forward to it. And uh, they made an announcement um, via, if you're not subscribed to their email distribution, you know, I highly recommend doing so. So I think, um, you know, as time goes on, they are going to be listing the topics specifically. Um, But that's what I'll be talking about. And what I like to do is I don't like to punch down. And and I think, uh, you know, I think that's why I, I may resonate with a lot of people, you know, I don't shy away from the topics. I don't shy away from, you know, the discomfort that may come with it. But I try to be a solutions based person and offer, you know, offer ways that people can work on this and how we can work together on it. So it's not just simply that there's a problem, but that there's a solution that we can solutions that we can work on and come up with. There you go. Don't curse the darkness. Light a candle. Yeah, it it sounds you know exciting what what's going to be happening in Atlanta then at that conference because I remember that you know the the conferences from old were primarily about beating up on the church and how stupid church people were yada 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 mm-hmm. yeah and you know so I stopped going for a while just because you know I've heard it all don't need to hear that I wanted to hear more stuff about you know like what they're what you're talking about right and there's just so much more to us than simply being atheists right you know. Mm-hmm. We are human beings. We like doing things. And, you know, I think that being atheists, humanists, non-believers is an important part of our identity. But how do we, you know, how do we engage the general public? You know, how do we start to turn around some of these uh, stigmas? But also, how do we also turn around some of these policies And of course, we can't just simply do that by ourselves. But, you know, for so long, you know, we've been we've been so marginalized in a lot of ways that we don't think it's possible for us to affect a certain level of change. And we can. We really, really can. And that's what I love about the diversity of the movement is that, for example, you have the Secular Coalition for America and the Freedom from Religion Foundation, which does lobby representatives. And they do they do trainings on that. They're open to everyone. And it, it, it also encourages you, it teaches you how to speak to your local representatives as non-believers. And how it, it isn't that they're scared of us, it's that they don't know we exist. Yeah. So these are things that we are actually doing and engaging in the general public that does have a great opportunity to impact public, not just public perception, but also public policies. And that kind of stuff is important. Well, I was going to say, too, that partnering not just with other atheists, but with other progressives, and that includes progressive Christians, progressive Muslims. I noticed one of the speakers is Hannah Santos, who's a with Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Mm-hmm. I don't know her background, but it shows she's a current Master of Theological Studies at, at Harvard. So, you know, she may have a have a Christian or, a, you know, a, a believing background, but that's fine. Right. You know, she's on board with everything else about church-state separation, with the secular values, et cetera. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So we need to break down those barriers and and partner more with those people if we are to save our democracy. Right. And also what people don't realize is that there are atheists who are working in other movements. Like, for example, 
um, there are um, there are atheists who are working in like racial justice, reproductive justice movements, but they weren't aware that there is an atheist community. You know, it's just that that aspect of their identity played a back seat to the other work that they're doing. And it's important for us to reach out because they're always like pleasantly surprised, like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know that there was a, you know, a community and organizations that existed. So and, and it that, you know, that that cross pollination, if you will, um, having people who work in those movements speak to us. And also um, there are there are a lot of atheists who are passionate about those, you know, about those um, causes. And I think it's important for us to, again, like you said, continue to work with progressive, even progressive um, uh, theists at times. Well, you don't we don't always have to agree on things, but right. we don't always have yeah. to be defensive either, because there are a lot of us. You know, I've I've happened to come across a lot of especially believers who are black, who understand, you know, it's like they have issues with. Christianity. They have issues with religion, even though they still believe. Now, of course, my personal preference would be that they just let it go. However, that's everyone's individual journey and not everyone is going to be an atheist. But if we can find common ground and continue to work together, you know, that is awesome while still keeping up, you know, our own communities. And, you know, who says we can't do more than one thing at one time? (laughs) Uh, And I think that that is a huge misconception for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, Senator Warnock that, um, you know, is our senator now, you know, by the skin of our teeth, the last election, and hopefully will be reelected again. While he's a pastor and a believer, you know, he still aligns on all the issues that, that we have, that we hold in common, other than one. So, yeah, you know, we, I, we need I do, to support I do him. take some issue with him always throwing in that reverend, though. But yeah. yes, goodness yeah. gracious. Oh, I yeah. don't. Jeez. You don't? I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I want him to be reelected. Yeah, and I mean. If he has to say he is Lord Reverend of everything he sees and that gets him reelected. i'm good with it i'm not but you know i understand i understand where you're coming from i i can understand something without agreeing with it (laughs) i get it oh believe me i I would i I would prefer that he didn't yeah but the reality of the situation is we are we're we're in georgia and not only does georgia need him in the senate the uh, the nation needs him in the senate and that is a that is a sacrifice. Uh, that is not much of a sacrifice for me, to me at least, for for him to be uh, reelected and preferably reelected handily. Yeah. So yeah. we can avoid any post election vote counting shenanigans yes. as we of course might that call didn't them. work. But no, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another election this year. So and yes, that also is also be prepared for them to you know somehow try to paint him as is not the the right kind of Christian. Oh, they well. they oh, did absolutely. that yeah, big time last time. You know, he yeah. was basically a, a godless heathen. In the in the in the terms if of only. the Republicans, if only we could. Well, get yeah. If only we, we called ourselves uh, atheists for Warnock for for a couple of months leading up to that election. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, 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 and still are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
I certainly did vote for him in the general election. So, yeah, I certainly hope that I do hope that he wins again. I'm not sure if Ossoff's seat is. I'm I'm thinking that he's up for re-election as well. Yeah, he's he's, he's not in in this for a while. Okay. Okay. Six-year term, right, for senators? Yeah. Yeah. So this this seat would be for Wanock to be in for six years. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we want to solidify that. Yes. Lock that down. And then, you know, Stacey Abrams also uses a lot of the, uh, you know, the spiritual kind of language as well. But Yes, she does. I'm 100% on board with getting her as our governor. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the, you know, the the, the internal conflict that we all have is we have, we bite our tongue. Yeah, we all go. When they're using that. Read a little air in through our teeth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But it would be nice, you know, if on some level somebody could reach him and say, look, if you can at least kind of tone down some of that so you can yeah. include the growing segment of, of spirit, well, you know, of the nuns, um, you know, that don't buy into that. Actually, I had the opportunity to speak with his office along with the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Shout out to Mark Dan, oh, who cool. is the, um, you know, governmental affairs um, attorney or person. So, um, and I think he's an attorney too, but yeah, um, he is, uh, yes, I had the opportunity to speak with, uh, Senator Warnock's office and he is aware of our organizations and the fact that we are a segment of the population and that especially black non-believers is based here in Georgia. Yeah. So, yep. um, they are, they should, we should be on their radar. And uh, where we'll continue to, you know, hold their, you know, hold their feet to the fire, at least, you know, to be mindful of the fact that there is a growing segment of the population that is non-religious, and um, they need yeah, to and, be and paying these attention. These elections are, you know, by you know the thousands of votes, so yeah. every every vote counts. So if you, you know, piss off enough atheists to where they they're turned off to it, they just stay that at can home. make a difference. It's, it's that not that they have to go vote for the other guy. It's just stay right. at home. They could just stay right. home. Right, and, and get, trust me, they pay attention to numbers. They really they do. do. Oh, <laughs> they, yeah. they pay attention. Yeah. That's got to be an interesting meeting when you're telling somebody that I am working with you on some fronts and I am diametrically opposed to you on others. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Are you opposed, or do you just not agree with? what they think is there a difference well i'm not sure because i know that um senator warnock is progressive in other areas um you know i think he certainly is um you know he's a champion you know for of course for equal housing and and other initiatives of course we just find it interesting because it does conflict with his beliefs you know to an extent um, but um, I, I guess they they're they're believers in the you know in a you know in a new world or in a you know the current world does not really um, you know it, it doesn't really go over well with those fundamental beliefs anymore. People are you know times have changed, and I I think you know they're coming they're changing along with it. But um, you know. Uh, again, I'm I'm not saying he just simply should be atheist, but you know it's good when when they are mindful of yeah. the diversity of their constituency. Right. Right. I mean, at, at some point, yeah, it, it's at the most basic sense. When he wakes up in the morning, a part of him is is, is working on trying to get as many people walk through that door on Sunday morning as possible. Mm-hmm. And when you get up in the morning on every morning, it's to get as few people to walk through that door on on Sunday morning as possible. <laughs> right. You know. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. Now, is he still pastor, uh, Ebenezer? Or no, he isn't an active pastor. So. No, yeah. he yeah. is. Okay. A, you know, he he can't cross that line. That would be a violation of state church yeah. separation. But yeah. Yeah. you know, um, I think that he is. I mean, I'm not sure. He may be a member or what have you. But no, he is not a sitting pastor at okay. Ebenezer. So I was going to ask um, to jump back to your community for for a second. Um, our our community also is is you know strives to be an in person, you know interaction, you know partying kind of community. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know COVID put a, a big damper on that for a couple of years. Um, so how did you guys navigate that? That period. Well, like most everyone else, we started doing virtual events, which actually turned out very well. Um, we actually saw more people engaging us across the country. We had an opportunity to host an event with the Association of Black Humanists that is based in London. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. We had an event which is on our YouTube channel, um, Atheism and Humanism Across the African Diaspora. So it, it opened up some new possibilities. Um, we actually, for our 10th anniversary celebration last year, we made it a hybrid event. So it was part in-person, very small um, in-person, uh, about 25 of us there, uh, no more than 30, but you had mo- a lot of people streaming. So we had to adapt along with other groups. Now, of course, for some of the things, because uh, in 2020, we also launched our first billboard campaign, thanks to the Seafood Free Thought Foundation. And so we were able to get out there, you know, take some pictures. But of course, by then, we were all wearing masks. We were doing the social distancing thing. And so we made sure that if we did do anything publicly, that it was outdoors, that we were wearing our masks. And that we realized that there were some people who were going to be hesitant about engaging in person. So we, we mm-hmm. made sure we proceeded with caution. There you go. And um, as more people are getting vaccinated, um, and of course our community, I, I remember having my skepticism about um, being vaccinated at first. But once I you know learned more information and realized that my travel is going to depend on it, Mm-hmm. I made sure I got the vaccine. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and really, uh, it was, um, you know, I, I don't regret it. And I think most of us as, as non-believers are more likely to get vaccinated because we do realize that following the evidence and, you know, the science and the, tr- you know, and the, the changing information is important. So, and we want to We actually safe. discussed a poll on one of the episodes about, vaccination rates by religious affiliation and, mm-hmm. and, and where those stack up at. Yeah, we're up there. Atheists are yeah. up there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you're back to uh, in-person or are you just kind of gradually getting your way back to the... So we are, we found that switching it, going back and forth has been working well for us. Um, what I tend to do is uh, post... Um, you know, events where if I'm speaking somewhere, I tend to share them through across our network. Um, you know, we, we advise and encourage people to, um, you know, proceed with in-person events uh, with caution. Now, we did do our cruise last year, BNCCon, which turned out very well uh, because the, the cruise lines are very, very stringent about the policies 
You must be vaccinated. Plus, you have to produce a negative COVID test in order to sail. So wow. we felt confident in in doing our cruise convention last year. And uh, no one got sick. No one got sick with COVID. That's awesome. So um, when we also did a hybrid Women of Color Beyond Belief conference, no one got sick. No one mm. caught COVID. So... Um, it can be done. Yes, yep. it can. It can when people are being responsible and yep. and being safe. So uh, we we absolutely um, did resume our national in person events, and we we've done some local stuff too here in the Atlanta area. But most of our the majority of our stuff is still virtual. We actually just launched a YouTube show called In the Cut. So um, that is uh, that that's going to be where a lot of our uh, content is coming from, you know, for a while. But, um, you know, again, it just it just depends on where you are. But, you know, I think more people are anxious to get back out, too, and, and, and yeah. see each other in person. You know, you can only you can be zoomed out. <laughs> you, know, you, <laughs> you can be, uh, you know, people are ready to just kind of get back out. And, 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 and I don't blame them. But, of course, you, you, you still got to be careful. Well, I mean, we noticed that too. That you know, when when we first hunkered down and started doing the Zoom stuff, ton of people were on those things, and then gradually over time, it started to kind of yeah, slope, yeah, slope down, slope. slope down. But I still see the value, like you say, on on special events, like we do a deep dive conversation once a month. You know, where we have a topic that we all all discuss, and it's fascinating. We get people from uh, we had a lady from from Canada. Nice. This last time from Saskatchewan, I think it was. Um, we had somebody from Minnesota, um, from upstate New York. So it's kind of fascinating. I mean, and then also you have a lot of people locally in town that don't like to drive at night to come to our in-person things right, anyway. Right. So this is a way to, to bring them in as part of the community. So I Absolutely. do see that as being something to kind of, you know, uh, pick up and, and continue as we go down. Absolutely. And I think that the pandemic has really really caused us to rethink how we engage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I mean, I know that there have been people who have been doing like virtual events, but it just really, really ramped up um, since the pandemic. So it's now becoming more popular and there is still very much a need for it um, as we move forward. Um, but I do definitely still see the value of people in, people engaging in person. Like last year, we tabled at the major Juneteenth event in Atlanta. Um, that who logistically that was a nightmare, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it was outside, and you know it was great. Again, no one got sick, or at least no one with us. So um, yeah. it gave it gave people an opportunity to come out and engage, but also to help educate the general public on our existence as well. So um, we still have a, a road ahead of us, but, you know, I think we're starting to navigate it a whole lot better. Cool. And, and American Atheist, that's Easter weekend here yes. in Atlanta, downtown. Uh, it's actually in the. It's actually near your neck of the woods. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's gonna. It's at the Renaissance Waverly off oh, of okay. Cumberland. So nice. Yeah. By the the Brave Stadium. By the Brave Stadium. Yes, yeah. right near the Brave Stadium. So maybe they'll be playing by then. Who knows? Well, that'll yeah. be nice because uh, they'll have <laughs> access to the battery and stuff at night. So there's plenty of restaurants and, yes, and all yes. that stuff. So yeah, that, that'll give something you know much better. Than, than downtown, I think. Yeah, I actually. think so, too. I, I yeah, do. That would um, be really cool. It is on the other side of town, um, but I do think, yes, I, I think being downtown would be, 
downtown traffic is just horrendous now. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah. and I, I think it is, it is a very, very nice area. I mean, it is a, it is a great area for, for, um, sightseeing restaurants. And one of my mm-hmm. favorite restaurants, Copeland's is, is over oh, yeah. there. So, um, they have an amazing brunch, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes, I think everyone who is attending is going to have an amazing time. So get your tickets, people. Yes. Yep. Get on it. And you said there is a, a discount for locals? I think the local rate is 90, it starts at $99. Okay. So, um, for if, and that's for the entire weekend. So oh, wow. if you are nice. local to the Atlanta area, uh, please do consider attending this convention and supporting yeah. it. I think it would be absolutely great. And just been in contact with, with them on uh, tabling, getting a looking at getting a table. Yeah, they have like a, a podcast row or something. <laughs> yes, in the, uh, yes, yeah. so, yes, they do. So, I mean, we're not much of a podcast, but hey, we qualify. <laughs> we have famous people on. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> well, it, it's funny, talking about tabling at conventions, I want to tell a quick little story here that probably won't be quick, unfortunately. And you may remember this. I, we've talked about this before, Mandisa. I don't think I've ever told Jeff and Jerry this, but the first time I ever met you was at an atheist convention here in Atlanta. It was uh, Atheist Alliance International had their convention down by the airport. Oh, Atheist this Alliance of America. Yes, absolutely. Years ago. I think this was probably like 12 2015, or 15 or something 20, like that. 2015, yeah. yes. Oh, 15. Okay. I couldn't remember what year it was. I knew it was, it was a few years pre-COVID. Um, me and Kim went to that and, uh, we drove up, it was, we went on Sunday because Sunday assembly was having their service yes. there that day. Uh-huh. So we drove down for that and, uh, we, we walked in to, to the hotel. We parked in the, uh, and the car in front of us, there was a, probably about the same age as us, forties uh, to fifties, uh, me and eight, Kim's age, uh, couple and one of their mothers, was in the car, the three of them together, and they had their Sunday going to church best on. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't think they're going to the same convention we're going to. And <laughs> there was like some some get-rich-quick scheme thing, whether it's real estate or supplements or, or whatever it was that somebody was selling. Uh, they, they were doing some sort of a, a like, you know, their, their little spiel. We all walked into this room about the same time. And when I walked in was about the time that the little old lady with her pretty little hat on noticed Mandisa's table of black Uh, non-believers, T-shirts, hats, buttons, hoodies, and the likes. Mm -hmm. And and she made the mistake of confronting Mandisa (laughs) about her atheism and raising her children Ooh, As atheists. Yes. Oh, and I saw that video. <laughs> it oh went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is hilarious. Oh, we Man need to post these, a link to that. Yeah. The, the way that you just, <laughs> just publicly undressed that woman without raising your voice, without cursing, without just... I mean, I'm just I'm standing back, just get a little golf clap. That is the most impressive thing I think I've ever seen. And it's funny. It it leads me to to this. I'm glad Um, it looked that way because I was fuming. I'm (laughs) sure you were boiling inside. But out, you were like a duck. You were paddling like hell underneath, but just calm, cool, and collected on the surface. Mm. And since that day, and and I've I've got to know you since then, and you're like my barometer uh, for Facebook. If somebody sends me a Facebook request, if they're friends with you, 
That's all I need to see. Awesome. <laughs> because oh, I, I know Mandisa don't <laughs> suffer no bullshit. That's all I know. Uh, that part. <laughs> after, after a friend, they're not friend yeah. for long. If she a- After seeing that past. display, I knew, hey, she's good to go. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I do remember that video. That went viral. It did. I, I don't yeah. know who pulled out the phone and started recording that, but yeah. I, 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 didn't even, I was just in shock and awe standing there watching it. Well, happen. the reason why they started recording was because they, they were afraid that they were going to have to report that woman to security. Oh, okay, yeah. They were afraid of that, but it also proved my point about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It proved why black non-believers exist. And, yes. you yep. know, and... and why I it mean, needs to exist. Yes, why it does need to exist. And also the challenges that we yes. face. But I will tell you that there were other Christians who were embarrassed by that woman. <laughs> she only oh, made herself look really, really yeah. bad. She really did. Yep. Unfortunately, atheists get the rap, at least on social media, and deserve it sometimes for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we don't like it when it's done to us, yet we can do it pretty strongly in the other direction, yet not really think... Oh, you know, right. And I yeah. think Probably. it's because um, I'm sorry, Jerry, I'm not. No, trying to I'll go, go ahead. But I, I do think that, you know, I, I can say that you're right, because there are so many atheists that are used to feeling um, ostracized and bullied that sometimes they end up doing the same things that they felt believers were doing to them. I'm going to get him back. Right. Yeah. And to that. I say there's that isn't very productive, you know, it's um, and we also see it with like the atheist for liberty folks, right? You know, they want to try to beat up on the woke people. But yet at the same time, you're you're speaking, you you claim you're speaking for a marginalized group. And it's like, well, that's kind of a that that that's kind of a paradox there or it's kind of hypocritical. And mm-hmm. I, I do um, think that there are, yeah, there are some atheists who, who do that. And I, I think that speaks to how we don't necessarily have to, like, we don't necessarily have to feel like we're speaking for all of us. Like, I can't even say I'm speaking for every black atheist, right? Um, certainly not every black woman. You know, there are some things that I will agree with and some that I won't. And there are some things I will engage with and some that I won't. Um, There are some things that I will just will not like. Please don't ask me to speak on that. I may not necessarily have an opinion on it and I'm not going to. I think that, you know, for but for me, that helps with the work that I'm doing as far as community building and bridge building. Some other people may love they they love the thrill of the argument. They love the thrill of the fight. Um, And I personally you know, just don't really care for that much. But I'm like, hey, if that's your lane, fine. Just don't try to bring me into it. Well, has yeah, anybody I don't know ever many... won one of those fights? I, I, mean, I was just going to ask, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the point of those fights, maybe when you're, you know, just coming into atheism, you're full of, you know, maybe some more piss and vinegar, and you, you feel like you've been taking shots for a long time, so you're going you're gonna to dish a few out yourself. But ultimately... To your point, it's unsatisfying and counterproductive. Yeah, I've gotten into a few uh, like verbal fisticuffs back in my <laughs> back in my yeah. day, but um, there was actually one gentleman who threw a who threw a mutual Facebook friend um, actually came back and reached out to me about three years after 
the disagreement that we had and said that, you know, he, he apologized for what he said wow. because he was wow. going through his, his father had just died and mm. he was feeling very emotional. He said he actually respects, you know, people who don't, you know, he, he, people who don't believe, you know, he, and, and it, it didn't help that his friend who was an atheist was being a little antagonistic, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, you know, he owned his part. He said, you know, I was really going through a hard time. And, you know, I certainly didn't mean to disrespect you. I respect you where you are. And so, and, and I say that because there are, there may be some conversations that we may have with people that we don't realize that they, that may cause them to start reflecting and it may take some time. You know, all people are not going to just come to this awakening right away. For some people, depending on where they are in their lives, it may they may reflect on this conversation from years ago and they may think, huh, okay, that there there is some validity to it. Or they may start coming to a place where, okay, where they, they see they they see it's more prevalent now. They may go back and say, Oh, okay, well I had this conversation before. So um it's very interesting. It's it's for me it's not just simply about winning. Maybe at times it has been, but for right now, I'm not simply trying to win an argument. I'm not trying to win anything. What are we winning? Yeah. You know, but um, I do think that we do win when we are able to come together. When we see the numbers of people leaving the church and starting to think for themselves, finding our communities and actually getting involved. So that is a win for us. And, it, and we don't have to always, again, punch down to get there. Yeah. Because that ultimately is not sustainable, you know, when when it's uh, when it's rooted in tension, when it's rooted in this negativity, then and, and simply saying you're an atheist and, and and not believing in God isn't a negative. But Mm-mm. again, the approach makes the difference. But props to that guy, though. I mean, three yeah. years is a long time to sit on something and and come back and basically apologize and say that he was wrong i mean anytime somebody does that you know that like respect to 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 him for for doing that and so there is a and you would know this more than uh, more than most if not you know everyone you kind of are an ambassador for atheism (laughs) when people you know who the people that you talk about they may never have really talked to one knowingly mm-hmm. you know they yeah. they and they've been uh their their worldview of that has been shaped from a pulpit right which is the last place in the world we would want um messaging for us yeah. so when you meet these folks you know you may be the first person and that first impression could go a long way yes. now it doesn't mean you have to take any shit right because right. you know and you know, look, I think all of us don't want to drop the gloves first, but we'll drop the glove second when necessary. It doesn't mean being a pushover. Of course, but, yes. You know, you don't need to punch first, or to your point, for sure, punch down. Right, and that has often been the case for people who we have been like the ambassadors for people who are first stepping into the community. We've had a number of black folks come to us and say that they were the, we were the first atheists they've met period. 
And, um, you know, that does make a difference when it comes to helping people when, if they are still struggling with those beliefs, if they are still struggling with how to connect or communicate with family members, and if they're struggling to find others, how we engage people, um, and how we, um, you know, how we really present ourselves as human and, and being friendly, being open to discussion and just being able to listen as well. It really does make a difference. And I think, you know, there are many in our community, you know, they, they pride themselves on how smart they are, how well they can debate, you know, all of this information. But really, you know, you just that just that simple, basic human interaction is what gets people. And I think that has made a huge difference in how far organizations like Black Nonbelievers has come. Um, and I think that is something that people in our community can still take lessons from. Well, and to see that the turn that apparently is taking place in the American atheist um, community, where it used to be very heavily oriented towards making fun of church people. Yes. You know, the billboards that they had, you know, years mm -hmm. back, making fun of Christmas and that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, poking, poking the bear kind of thing. Right. More towards, you know, hey, we're just trying to be better human beings. Right. Absolutely. I think that's where you're going to attract more more people. You know, like, And what do they that say? has been working. And I think those who were used to that shock value, you know, wanting to just piss people off, they're losing ground and they don't like it. You know, those mic drops moments are, are, are great in a debate, you know, and Christopher Hitchens was great at them. But it, it it doesn't necessarily provide, like I said earlier, a soft place for somebody to land if if they're searching, you know. Mm -hmm. Right, if they're questioning it, still. Yeah. It, right. it doesn't help that uh, that the at least the the legacy leaders are kind of on the on the 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 woke scolding mm -hmm. side of the spectrum. The right wing mm -hmm. shit train. Well, you know, and not, maybe not even, not necessarily right wing, but definitely, you know, are, are talk too much about cancel culture mm -hmm. and woke and, you know, use all the, use all the tropes of that right. side. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Christopher Hitchens, it'd be very interesting to see where he would have evolved to, um, uh, if he was positionally right yeah. when it comes to that you know but those leaders at least their stature i don't think have been replaced i think it depends on who you talk to i do think we should be careful not to just place them simply as the benchmark for what is considered because we don't want to replace gods with you know people mm. yeah we want to be really really careful about that because there are a number of people in this movement who are doing some amazing work, their voices deserve to be amplified just as much as the people like Hitchens, who, you know, who was very, and, and, and I think that that's, um, you know, where we might want to be mindful about whether we want, you know, if, if we're looking at quantity over quality, you know, if we are just simply not, or people are simply not expanding their base of who is considered to be a leader because it was interesting I mean like I said I um you know I appreciate my popularity in this movement but I mean there's still people who don't know about me and that and that's fine but 
Um, do I think people should know? Sure. Do I think there are other, and, and that's one of the reasons why we've had to produce events uh, that feature more people of color, more women of color, um, because their voices still are not as um, boldly and broadly recognized. And what's the reason for that? Like, um, what is their bench? What is our benchmark for what we consider the leader to be? You know, so that's just something to consider um, when we when we talk about you know they th- those folks haven't really been replaced. Well, they had a first mover advantage too. You know, they got in first. Yeah, they were the yeah. first ones yeah. to really, you know, to really express that and gain traction. Right. So and we take nothing away can't. from that. You know, there should be nothing taken away from that. And I, however, totally. when it comes to certain people who just say the most asinine things, especially on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people oh, get... Oh, come ups- on, name names. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, because I said on certain boards, I have to be very careful about what I say. But, that, that is, that's wise. But, you know, I think when a, certain, um, when a certain prominent figure got an award revoked, you know, there were so many people who were upset by that um, because they felt like, well, it wasn't warranted, um, and you know, where, I mean, and this person didn't even really care about it. <laughs> yeah. They didn't care. Um, but they also didn't care enough to clarify or not say what they said. And it wasn't even that it was just a one-time thing. This, no, this person, multiple occasions, multiple, and it went unchecked for a very long time because of stature. And I think at, I think we want to be very careful about that as well. That yes, we are yes. not, again, we are not deifying human beings to the point where they are, they are not being held responsible and accountable when they say something that is harmful to other people. When they, yep. when they say things that other people will take their word on and perhaps, you know, use that to potentially cause harm to others. And so there yeah, is a we don't want to be like Republicans. I mean, right, right. Exactly. But that's, that's something that's kind of common with humans, I think, where they like to idolize and put people on a pedestal. And I remember, you know, when I, when I became part of the atheist community and started going to, going to some of the conventions and you started to find out who these, you know, the four horsemen was. I never heard that term, when, you know, when I was a believer. <laughs> yeah. and, and, but, you know, but what was kind of amazing to me is like, well, they're doing the same thing that we had in the progressive church movement. We had leaders that we always put on a pedestal and whatever they said, you know, was, was you know, the gospel. And if they had any kind of failures, you know, then people were just tagging on to take them down and it's, it's like you know we don't need to worship people you know we need a community of of people that can speak not just four horsemen right and i do and think, stop using religious analogies too right and i do think that <laughs> you know if if people work hard enough to build themselves up to a certain stature and they build up a following i'm not mad at that yeah but it's how people use it you know, it's also mm-hmm. how because there are some people and I and I and I experience this. There are some people who think that they have they are entitled, you know, to to have an audience with you at any given time. And it's like, no, that's not the case. And and that should be the same for 
any human being, but I mean, just because we're engaging, it doesn't mean that, you know, y'all have the right to just simply invade our space. But I, and I, I try to, but I also think that it is important that people just don't start, you know, getting, I don't know what that's called, but you know, when, when people really start feeling themselves to the point where, you know, that they feel like they're too good to talk to you, <laughs> certainly that's an issue as well. Narcissism is well, what yes, I would call it. Absolutely. Ego and narcissism. Oh, yes. And, and yeah, you know, and that, you know, people may have that tendency before they became famous, but that just kind of feeds their ego to where, yeah, it's like, you know, I have something important to say. Everybody needs to shut up and listen to me. And that's when it becomes kind of kind of dangerous. That's when you do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of, of re- re- using uh, religious terms, we did not talk about the like what we're drinking before the podcast, but... I am going to to fess. I have given up beer for, for the Lent. For Lent? I, I you know what? You could call it Lent. I'm gonna, you know, yeah, everybody has, you know, or not everybody, but a lot of people have diets. You know, whole thirty is really popular. Okay. I'm gonna do a minus forty. And hmm. the minus is beer. So I it oh, may geez. be the same time as Lent, but they don't own those days. No. So well, no you could beer. call it you could call it a Lent. Put an A in front of it. A Lent, atheism Lent. <laughs> I saw somebody uh, had posted that they're going to do anti Lent. They're going to get addicted to something for forty days and and, and then get rid of it. <laughs> Just the opposite. So no beer. No beer. Lent started yesterday, right? Yesterday was Ash Wednesday. Minus that forty could... started yesterday. Yes. Right. Ah, that's true. Yes. Which is actually we talked about this forty six days, but we won't. Rehash that. <gasps> oh, minus you forgot about those extra worse. days, didn't you? Yeah. yeah I, well, remember the weekends you get off if you're Catholic. Oh, no, 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 no. Sundays I can't don't do that. count. Sundays. It's, Sundays. It's yeah. forty days only counting Monday through sun, Saturday. Can't. All right. Can't. Right. Uh, will not. Uh, will not go back to Catholicism just to have beer <laughs> on and Sundays. Not, and that's but not tequila. Tequila. True to myself, allowed. man. No. Tequila, you can beliefs. do though, right? Say what? You can do tequila. Just I not can. Beer. I could do. Okay. I could do well, bourbon too. Um, <laughs> well, that's but, not that hard of a give but up. No then, beer. <laughs> I've never Done. liked beer. Never. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never. Care you've for just it. not had the right one, man. <laughs> that's that's much of a sacrifice. <laughs> you just lost two thirds of the podcast, host. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is your go-to beverage? You know, I mean, I am not uh, drinking any alcoholic beverage tonight. But I will tell you, last weekend. I had the occasion to visit, um, I was in Madison, Wisconsin, working Ooh. on the Godless Gospel Project with the Freedom from Religion Foundation. And the hotel where we stayed had an amazing Asian pear martini. I mm. tend to be, I tend to be a, like, a, like a sweet alcohol drinker, which of course is more potent <laughs> than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. But I do yep. love like your pina coladas. I do like... Um, Espresso martini, maybe? I've never had that, but Ooh. I know some people have, and it looks really good. Hmm. All right. We need to invite you to our next, uh, when we have a cocktail tasting yeah. party. Okay. You'll have to come to that. Bring your favorite concoction. Yes. Or after at the Battery, at the, oh. at the American Atheist, you guys will be oh. at the, in the beer line. We'll be in the cocktail line. Yes, there will there be plenty of drinking there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here. 
Yes. You got anything real quick? Uh, I, th- I think we've plugged about everything you've done in the last 11 years over the last hour, but is there anything you want to give a shout out to before uh, before we get yeah, out of here? Yeah, what's, what's coming up that, I mean, other than the Atheist Convention here? Absolutely. Um, so um, on uh, we, we, we continue to do our YouTube show in the cut every first and third Saturdays of the month. Okay. Um, we are on track for BNC Con 2022, which will take place from November 27th to December 3rd. Uh, and that's the cruise, Yes, right? that is the cruise. Yep. And uh, Carnival just switched out our ship. We were previously on a Carnival Freedom, but they had switched us to... The Carnival Spirit, which is which was sailing out of Australia, but they are they have now pulled it to Miami, and it's oh, a wow. very interesting configuration. Most of like the promenade or like the you know like the main decks where you do guest services and and stuff, they're more on the bottom than at the top. I mean, the Lido deck is still closer to the top, but yeah, that's a that's an interesting configuration there. But hmm. we are on track for that, and. Um, you know, we're just going to continue to, uh, you know, do our, you know, do our thing all year. Um, you know, I have some other projects that are uh, that I'm working on that shall not be revealed until probably later the, later this year. <laughs> but um, you know, this it's going to be very busy, and I'm looking forward to that. So, if anyone is interested, you know, they can visit our website at blacknonbelievers.org. Um, you know, to learn more and perhaps support the organization as well. And we always have an amazing time at our events. So you'll definitely want to consider, you know, attending, especially the cruise if, if you're interested. And you have a meet meetup group and a Facebook group also? Or? Yes, yes. We are on Meetup. Um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube. So they can find all of that information on our website. Perfect. We appreciate you coming on and joining us. Yeah, great conversation. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We'll do this more often. We'll we'll do it again in another four years. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully hopefully not that long. No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Sooner. We'll see you at the convention. Yes, for sure. Looking forward to it. And we'll see you all in two weeks.